This is None of Your Business Podcast, a podcast where we talk about none of your business and ask questions that's no one's business. Thank you for joining me today. Now, in this podcast, we bring you inspiring storytelling from the heart. So, if you want to hear some inspirational motivation or whatever else, then stay tuned. So, let's get in with the show. And this is episode 096 with the one and only Financially Savvy Latina. So, in this episode, you know, we talk about how asking questions can literally change our life. We talk about where Natalie is with, you know, her work and this COVID and how her voice is impacting people's lives and diversity and struggles and... We talk about where she's going with her podcast, where she's going with work, and how she's changing her podcast and doing video. And we just talk about life, um, just reminiscing. You know, Natalie has became a very good friend of mine and a mentor um, over this year. You know, something that I didn't think that would even happen if I didn't start my podcast and start asking questions. So, Natalie, thank you for everything you do. And, you know, go find her podcast, Financially Savvy in 20 Minutes. So, go find that. It's everywhere. So, if you're listening to this one, buzz right over to that. You can find it in the, the show notes. And go find her on Instagram at Financially Savvy Latina and Financially Savvy in 20 Minutes. So, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Let her know what you guys think. Go rate and review in Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. So, I hope you guys enjoy, and just stay safe, guys. I love you, and just here we go. All right, so it is June 1st, and if you're looking for some pride gear, then go on over to www.eastcoasttags.com and get your pride wear for Pride Month. Michelle, she is amazing. You can get 20% off using the promo code N-O-Y-B. Hey, guys. So, and before, I thought it was none of your business, all one word. And apparently, that was wrong. So, that's my mistake. Um, I'm not going to go back on each individual episode and change that. So, from now on, it's N-O-Y-B or none of your business. So, I apologize, but go over there and get 10% off. And right now, she's doing a Black Lives Matter movement. And all the proceeds go to the organizations for that cause. So, go check her out at www.eastcoasttags. Get 10% off. And have your money go to a good cause. So, go check her out. I love you guys. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. And I'll talk to you soon. All right, so welcome back to the None of Your Business podcast. I got Natalie Torres Haddad on today, and this is the second time that she's been on. And man, it's been what a year for you, Natalie. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I can't believe it's been that long. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, last time we had you on, we had, you know we talked about your your vulnerabilities and like your TED Talk experiences and why you do what you're doing. So now people already know like the backstory 
of you. Where are you at today? Today is such an interesting, I think it's like such a lucid conversation when it comes to we're talking about today. Our current state has been um, really uncertain times. I, I keep saying, I know it's a pandemic. It's I know many of us are dealing with different frustrations, whether it's financial hardships or mental hardships, but I'm glad to report that everyone in my family is okay. Um, um, you know, I have some family members that are um, dealing with some sicknesses, luckily not COVID related, and just trying to make sure that uh, we're all taking care of our health, because that is what I say our true wealth. If we don't have what we our own health, we can't do anything else, let alone take care of anybody else. So uh, for me, it's been pretty great to be able to be at home. I already work from home if I'm not traveling. So um, it's been very interesting and weird for me because I've been home for the past two months, not I flew to Florida and that was the last speaking engagement I had and literally a day after COVID happened. So it's been interesting being home this whole time and working on projects or doing things that um, now we have more time to do. So it's it's been an interesting journey to say the least. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's crazy how two months this thing, it's longer than two months this is yeah. going on, but really the lockdown for two months, like... Um, I moved to Missoula to be more social and then like this happened. <laughs> <Than COVID. laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's uh yep. it's pretty funny. So were you well, you got featured in like Forbes like last week, didn't you? Yeah. So that's a funny story. So for any of your listeners that are like, what if that would ever happen to me? I I always imagined it that it'd be so cool to be featured on Forbes because it's like one of those magazines that obviously builds credibility, but um it's just something that I've, I I want to say I read it probably before college, but I really was like, wow, this is such a, um, such a cool platform. And believe it or not, this, the columnist, her name's Rebecca. She also has her own company, but she joined in on a webinar that I was teaching for an organization called Future for Us that had hired me to come and do this webinar. And we had about a hundred attendees, people from all over the country. And granted it's me, basically speaking for a full hour by myself. Um, actually, the founder introduced me and then I was presenting on emergency funds, uh, financial literacy, and what to do right now during a pandemic and everything around finances. And so um, I was looking at about a beautiful hundred faces. On, but obviously, they can't talk back. or <laughs> So this is me being as interactive as possible. Luckily, she was like, I really love what you're saying. Um, and I would like to do a feature on you talking about trailblazers. And I said, yes, of course. And in my head, I was like, that's not really going to happen, right? Like you just almost in denial. And so two days later, she reached out, she sent out all these questions. I didn't know what she was going to use, what answers really were going to hit or not. And then she's like, great, the publication will be on in a couple of days. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is literally happening a week after the webinar. And I got so much wonderful feedback. It was um, a very emotional, more than a March, a few days. Like even when I say the word for, it sounds so not like it happened. <laughs> Um, but it was such a cool experience. And because of that, um, I've gotten obviously some other people that I probably would have never had connections with and, um, you know, just kind of trying to take it in. It's been weird because there's moments where I'm like, is this really happening? And then obviously there's those people that all of a sudden lurk in from the, the dark side that you haven't seen also. I'm like, Hey, let's do something together. Let's collab. Let's work. And I'm like, mm. I remember you when you weren't, didn't believe in me or not, you know, that's not how you want to be. But um, I like how my dad said, he's like, success is always the best revenge <laughs> for those people that either knocked you down or did not believe in you. Um, but the beautiful thing is the people that have supported me and helped me along the way um, have been even just 
I mean, even extra more emotional. And this happened like a few days before my birthday. So it was like the best birthday gift and it was the weirdest um, experience. But um, yeah, thanks for mentioning that because it's, it's, it was a dream country. And I hope people that want to be featured in something take advantage of being able to let it all out there because it's really difficult to be yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. So when, you know, you're a member of Toastmasters, aren't you? Mm -hmm. So when you first started Toastmasters, you weren't getting into Toastmasters to be like, oh, I want to be featured as a TED Talk speaker. You just want to be better at public speaking, right? Yeah, so that's a funny story. And you obviously know this being, you know, Toastmasters, that's all we talk about is um, I actually joined close to almost 17 years ago. And this was right, I was finishing up college. I had heard about Toastmasters through, I think, a book and then other people. And then a few of my mentors had mentioned it. And I said, okay, fine, I'll attend. And I found one near my work because my work didn't have, wasn't hosting one. And so it was an engineering firm. They're actually no longer around, but it was mostly all male, mostly all white. And people that were like twice my age, I'm like this 22 year old something. And our first, I still remember my first speech because my first speech was an icebreaker, which is basically introducing yourself. And in my icebreaker, I said a bucket list. This is what I want for myself. Um, a lot of those things did come true, which is mind boggling today. But at the time, I had no idea what Toastmasters would do for me. And I actually just took it because I was constantly speaking in front of large groups. I worked for a, a it was a community development corporation. So we were doing a lot of zoning, a lot of talking about business owners. And I was always the one pretty much being hired to go and speak in front of everyone. So I thought this is going to help me hopefully hone my confidence because I was, I'm already a, a fast talker. And so imagine me back then, oh my gosh, the nerves, it was like, everyone's like, slow down. We can't understand what you're saying. <laughs> um, but that's something that takes time, you know? <laughs> and, um, Looking back, I, I met some great people that till this day, I see virtually once in a while, but Toastmasters was very helpful those first two years. But then I started working, I moved, and I want to say almost a decade passed and I wasn't really involved. I attended a few meetings here and there, um, but then I became, a, once again, a member about six years ago, maybe less actually, um, because I found a group and I just missed it. And I thought, you know what, this is a great way to just kind of improve and always, it allows me also just to try new material on a different group and a group that usually most of them, like my mentors, they're well-established speakers. They're just excellent presenters. And so I really value their, their constructive criticism as opposed to people I have no idea what they're looking for. And so um, one of my mentors, Margaret, she's incredible from the Compton Elite Toastmasters. Now all of our meetings are virtual, which is awesome because that's less commuting for me. But I do miss the actual presentation in front of a large audience. And Margaret was so helpful. She's retired. She was actually one of the founders of the organization. Um, was like, you know what? You're almost done. And she's like, you need like two more designations to get one of the highest um, designations in Toastmasters, which I just found out some people take some 25 years to get there um, because you're doing hundreds of speeches. You're filling all these requirements. And, and I kind of lost track of it. I, when I first started, I, I got the halfway through and then I started competing because I, for me, it depends on the listeners, but I felt I was going to learn more from competition, which I did, because now you're competing with the people from not just other clubs, but from other districts, and you always compete with the best, right? And so I forget what level I got to. And so I was no longer focusing on getting those designations. I was more focusing on honing on my skill. And when I came back, 
um, I think maybe in the last two years, she was very much like, hey, you've completed all these things. Why don't you just do the paperwork, which takes time. She helped me with some of it, <laughs> thank goodness. Uh, and I, about two months ago, I got notification that I completed one of them. And then a few weeks ago, I got in the email that I was finishing up my last designation. And I kid you not, um, Robert, I think it was less than five days before, yeah, it was the end of April, I got uh, in the mail my actual certification of is called advanced gold communicator, which is the highest you can get in the organization. And I saw it and it kind of, I, I looked at it and I was thinking, Oh my gosh, this is what it feels like. This is something I said I wanted to do when I was 22 or something. And um, I it kind of took me a moment. And I think a few hours later I went back and I told my husband, so I opened up this certificate and then I started to tell him like how much it meant to me because I thought, wow, it took me this long and I never thought I'd actually go back to it or finish it. And it wasn't even about the designation anymore. It was about the journey that I had to get to this point. And I kid you not, after I posted the, the certification on my Instagram and Facebook, also my LinkedIn, I got so many replies and messages of people saying that they had quit on something and they wanted to return um, or they were just joining or, you know, they they're halfway through their, you know, whatever program that they're doing, whether it's a public organization or not, but it was something that they needed to hear. And it was kind of that reminder that a lot of graduating seniors right now, they're not going to be able to celebrate, you know, have this amazing momental in their young lives, but um, it was the journey that was important, right? Even if the destination wasn't actually celebrating. And for me, it was, it was definitely the journey. So it's been a really cool experience um, emotionally and just emotional, excuse me, and more importantly, uh, very rewarding. Wow. That's well, congratulations. That's awesome. <laughs> that, wow. That's amazing. You get that award and then what, like five or six days later, you get featured in Forbes. Yeah, it was, it's funny how things happen, boom, boom, um, boom. you know, and I have to tell you for, for, I think for most people, um, this happens to me all the time where I, I'm so impatient. I want it all done now and you know, let's do it. And that never happens, never goes to according to plan, but it, it's always kind of goes back to when people always say you, you can have everything, but not a lot at once. And I completely understand that reason too, because I don't think you would value it the same. And, um, how long have you been doing Toastmasters now? Like less Me? than a year yeah yeah less way less than a year like yeah yeah so to, to kind of give you this hopefully insight like your first year is so cool because this is an opportunity for you to just like not fail miserably but just try anything and you know, whether something works well for you or doesn't um the first year it's like no one's really expecting you to have this you know prestige level and then they're really blown away if you are right so as opposed to nowadays there's moments where i'm not going to lie and say the imposter syndrome really starts to hit me um i was at a conference in cincinnati and i was about to start speaking and you know how they do the tagline of your bio mm -hmm. well <laughs> they're like she's a two-time tedx speaker blah 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 i kept on going and in my head i'm like okay that's a lot of pressure people are gonna expect me to be like this <laughs> This amazing speaker. <laughs> um, granted, I, I did pretty great, but you know, in my head, I'm like, what about those days when you're just starting out? Like, hey, this is just Natalie. And so I think for you, you have this great opportunity to just kill it the way you want it to, the way you, at your pace and and just play around with what you think might work for you, right? To find your voice. Yeah, absolutely. And I I need to get back into it. Like 
yeah, I just need to get back into it. And but don't work. beat yourself over it. Because yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, it's kind of like, ideally, you have people that will keep you accountable. Like, hey, how's it going? Um, and you are so much like other people that want to do it. And you, but you're also at least fulfilling the time with something that is passionate to you, your podcast and all these other projects that you're working on, as opposed to people that I've known that will start it and they're not doing anything. They're just like, ah, I just kind of lost the motivation. So, I mean, I'll say out of the, you know, 10 out of 10, I was going to say nine out of 10, really, that actually start the process. Don't ever finish it. The truth is. I, yeah, I can definitely, <laughs> definitely see that. You have time. You have time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't want to blame the pandemic, but like I was planning on finding a club here and then like my work schedule. And then now like I, it's just a hot mess, my work schedule. So yeah, not well, a yeah that's mess. what it is. But it's it's getting used to, especially a new town and you, you know, and I think sometimes we don't allow ourselves to have that. Um, we're so hard on ourselves, you know, we're very judgy, we're very critical. Um, and but you've had some really big changes, a move, a new job, um, incorporating different things, programs to your podcast. So I think this is something that um, sometimes we look sight of. And for me, I always write in my gratitude journal every morning. I write at least five things I'm grateful for. And sometimes it's like really easy. Like, yeah, I got the Forbes feature. That was cool. But sometimes it's really difficult. And I'm like, you know what? I got out of bed and I showered. Or, <laughs> you know, those are the little things that you have to remind yourself because not every day is easy. Um, there's moments where I just really want to stay in bed because maybe I'm dealing with something difficult or I'm just tired. And lately I've been feeling that way where I know I'm not the only one. Someone recently put a meme saying something like, why is that I'm always so tired yet I feel like I'm doing nothing as opposed to the life we had prior. <laughs> but I think it has a lot to do with our emotional stress too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like I'm like I'm in Montana right now and like we're in phase one of reopening stuff back up. Yeah. So like the pandemic, the only thing that has like really personally like affected my life was the gym being closed. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah really like the only thing like i can still do majority of my stuff online and i'm 30 miles outside missoula montana for my job so like mm -hmm. I, well i'm not like trying to brag but like i'm like i'm in a really good spot with this pandemic yeah and unfortunately like there's people that like are losing jobs and like people are dying and whatever else um so like i'm grateful that i'm over here but then, like, I feel like I'm selfish, like, oh, I need to go to the gym when there's, like, other things, way more important things going on than Robert <laughs> going to the gym. No, but you know, it's funny. I was listening to um, Brene Brown's. She's just started a brand new podcast right right during this pandemic. And um, I'm sure that those that haven't watched her, she's, she's done a, a few TEDx talks and a TED talk um, on vulnerability. But the episode I listened to was right at the hit of the pandemic had just opened or she had just published it. And she, and she mentions this, what I thought this is exactly what I'm going through. And so many are where she's like, we have to allow ourselves to mourn, to mourn the loss of the life that we had. Right. And, and granted, it might not be as drastic. Like you said, we're not, thank God we're not dying. We're not, you know, sick and we're not losing our, our, our work. And, you know, we have some income and all that, but, um, it's still no longer what we knew. The, the The routine is no longer there. Our lives are very much intertwined with with our obviously people at home, but you know, not being able to see our family. Like it was so hard for my birthday not be able to give my mom a hug or my dad. You know, and I think those are the things that we 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 hopefully 
appreciate more now because we used to take for granted. Um, but I think it's also not to downplay, hey, the gym was important. It's a good physical and that's something we need to keep up during this time. Um, but not to necessarily downplay what we're going through just because someone has it harder um, because it's still a loss for us. And um, granted, like I said, even my, <laughs> I laughed the other day because I ran out of um, bubble bath soap. <laughs> I've been taking so many more baths, but, um, and I said, oh, that's the tragedy. I'm no longer, I have no more as <laughs> a joke. And obviously <laughs> my, my girlfriend saw that, you know, she started, she sent me some for my birthday, but she cracked me up and she goes, she's like, I know the tragedies that we have to deal with right now. I go, right. I go, <laughs> it's so, so silly, but it's, you know, you kind of have to kind of have to laugh off with what's going on too. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I wasn't mad that you couldn't, by toilet paper i was more just like what is going <laughs> on right now yeah what yeah like I'm, yeah i figured like maybe in like bigger cities but like no my hometown with thirty thousand people it was going on so yeah yeah and you know i think that's something to to see obviously this is a time that none of us have ever dealt with in that sense but um what i do appreciate is um someone had put i forgot her i think it was a vet um, one of my friends had said um, because all of a sudden I remember the first couple of weeks, people were going crazy buying toilet paper, you know, wipes, whatever was basically out of stock, even bottled water. And I'm from Los Angeles. So it's like a craziness over here, right? Everything's amplified 10 times. But what I liked that she mentioned, she said, I hope you never judge someone if they flee here because they're either refugee, you know, trying to, you know, run for their lives, um, or they come here with their family because they're famine or, you know, whatever, whatever difficulties are happening um, in their own country. Um, because, and then she continues, she's like, because I know it's a lot of people are on the black market trying to find masks, trying to, she's like, never judge people for what their decisions are to, to be able to still live, right? That's the sacrifice they have to make for themselves. And I think that's something, um, because I'm Salvadorian, I was born in El Salvador and my family left during the civil war. So I think that's something in our family, we always knew we were lucky. We were fortunate that we didn't die over there. One of my uncles unfortunately was killed. He was a civilian, but the fact that my entire family always knew how fortunate we were, that we never took things for granted. And when we saw other people that were struggling, um, especially immigrants, especially people that um, didn't know the language, um, our family, we had, not only very good support, strong system together, but um, my mom, she spoke English because she studied abroad here when she was in high school. She was a senior and thank goodness for that because she learned English while she was in school and then lived here for a year. But she obviously got so many more opportunities because she spoke the language as opposed to my dad who had to learn you know, from scratch when they got here. And so those are the things that I think puts things in perspective. Um, I kind of recently got, a, not an argument, but <laughs> a gentle nudge with a, a group that was um, doing a virtual summit. And there were so many of us that saw this thing and we're like, hold on, their whole virtual summit, no people of color. And he comes back with me and there's like 20 amazing speakers. And I'm like, hey, you know, I go, this looks like a great summit, but I have to ask, how do you not have one person of color on your, you know, lineup? And he came back like, oh, we have some women. And I think he mentioned like one Asian lady, but I was like, that's not enough. I go for brown people, black and brown people, if we don't see ourselves, how do we expect ourselves to be able to really want to see something different in the future? And I, I think those are the moments where um, I feel I've learned to use my voice more, even though it's still scary. I don't know what the backlash will be, but at the same time, I know it's important because 
for me, I hate it. I still hate it. And, and I, and I know I'm not the only one, tons of people do this. They'll look at a lineup of amazing top speakers, usually all men, usually they will not be a person of color. And if they do, they have one person and they'll be like, Oh, we do have one person of color. I'm like, yeah, that's one. How about half of your panel about half of your speakers be a mix of everything? And why can't it be half women or, you know what I mean? So, um, we still got a way to go, but I think, going back to just being grateful and being able to see how fortunate we are and what opportunities we can bring. And so using our voices are kind of one of those tools that I feel I can use, even if it's not the best, my English isn't perfect, neither is my Spanish, but enough that I can get by. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. That's a really good point. A really good point. You know, I, I'm a white male, but I try with my <laughs> podcast, I try and have, man woman man woman and lately it's been more women on than that's than awesome men. um just because like we're all humans like, mm -hmm. just because whatever doesn't mean that you're more or less or above we're equals so right. especially you know for the women out there that like i'm you know i have a drug addict and addiction past so having you know people maybe young women listening and like oh okay well she was a minority or he was my whatever and they can overcome it and be successful and get the be featured in forbes and be a ted talk speaker whatever whoever they're whatever <laughs> listen episode they're listening to so one I, I think that's really cool that you're advocating for not for yourself but for people of color and women for the future you if that makes any sense yeah I, I love that and you know and, and i thank you for your platform too you know because um I think that's the cool thing about podcasting, right? And I'm sure you can agree on that, where it's like, you obviously get to choose your guests, you get to choose the content, you get to choose what, you know, is what's important, not just to you, but you know, for your audience. And um, I think that's one of the greatest things about what I've been doing with my podcast is, you know, being able to shine light on those people that I feel have not. Um, but the truth is too, like the, the amazing people, if you listen to like even the first season, um, all of which I consider mentors, they're just incredible, incredible people. Um, all of them, most of them, that was their first podcast interview, you know, so it was like awesome that I got to break them in and kind of guide them through that process. But what I saw is too, that most of us, when we do something, we're not doing it for recognition. We're not doing it for someone to give us a pat on the back, but it's great when it does, because then you think, oh, you know what? It must matter. Right. Um, and sometimes it's not the words necessarily that matter, but it's that one person that needed to hear it. And so, you know, the platform that you're providing for, like you say, you're, you're keeping it diverse, you're working, or at least you're being more conscious. And I think that's the cool thing. Like I meet more and more people that understand the difference of being white privileged or just privileged and to see how they're using that platform and say, you know what, I have been privileged. I'm going to use that light. And the same thing, I might be the stereotypical guy. People say, oh, she's, you know, person of color. She's a woman and she's an immigrant. But I look at those three as being an amazing representation. It means also I'm not only different in that sense, but I can use this type of um, experience and resources and you know, what I feel is, is, is something that one, we're not, not talking about, or we're not being represented in. And more importantly, this is a way that other people can do the same for themselves. And so, I mean, that's what it is kind of being able to inspire other people to do that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's awesome. You know, I didn't like, I knew, like, I grew up in a white community, white <laughs> Christian male community. That's just where I grew up. Um, and like when I you know, I was engaged to a, uh, you know, a Asian woman and like, 
I didn't realize how white privileged I was until I was with her. Mm, like, yeah. When we like we just should be driving the car and just get pulled over. I'm like, what the, f- what is going on? Right. Like right. it was just like little things like that. Like I'm just like that would never like I never get pulled over. It's just something that yeah. Like I get pulled over when I'm obviously breaking the law, but <laughs> just that it like really hit me like oh yeah okay and we were when we were homeless in vegas just like the yeah. interactions that we had it just it it's like whoa like right white privilege is a thing like and i'm not trying to you brag know. about it i'm just like <laughs> it like really hit me like whoa so yeah, you know I, I i never knew how many privilege i knew i was always very privileged because i've been really fortunate most of my life and when i when i travel when i lived in a different country that's how also I was reminded how privileged I am too, being an American citizen, being, you know, being brought up here. I was pretty much raised here. I was a baby when my parents came to the States, but I think while we recognize that, you know, it's kind of that, oh my gosh, like how, how can we do our best to hopefully be more compassionate, hopefully to see ourselves in their place. Um, and especially like right now, mental health is month of May, right? Mental health awareness. And more and more when I talk about it, it becomes an issue where I think sometimes people think they'll use the phrase, oh, that person's crazy. I'm like, first of all, you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what their past, you don't know their, if they have any mental illnesses, if they're dealing with anything um, that's tragic, life-changing. Um, and the fact that I can hopefully do my best to try to, one, I'll never understand fully what they're going through, but to know that I can say, you know what, there's resources for you. I'm here if you just need to listen. Um, I'm also learning as I go with you because there's moments that I've caught myself saying something. Like I still hate it when people are like, oh, so-and-so's bipolar. And I know they're doing it as a joke. And I'm like, first of all, if you don't know bipolar people, you don't know what that means. Um, if you don't know what triggers, you know, that's another issue, right? And so um, a lot of the negative stigma within our cultures need to change our the way we talk about it, the way we have these conversations. And I'm still learning. And there's still moments where I'm like, huh, maybe I could have been more sensitive to that. Or, um, you know, when you see someone that's homeless, you just said you were homeless. You, you have a totally different perspective, right? I've met people too that um, this one lady hearing her story, she was homeless and she never thought she'd be homeless. She was Canadian and she was in her 50s with a 15 year old daughter and her both her parents had passed she had no family here in the states and she got cancer and during her treatments obviously she could no longer work because she was so sick that they lost their place their home and so she said she was going to chemo um radiate she was doing chemo weekly i believe i forgot how often but the fact that she ended up living in her car with her daughter um and then luckily she found this program a nonprofit that I'm, I'm a big supporter of called the saint margaret center and changed her life to help her and all this but she thought she said she used to think homeless people were either sick or drug addicts or something and she said i could never imagine me this you know white woman and and all of a sudden she could no longer work and afford to pay her bills and and you know living out of a car with her daughter and so those things that really changed her perspective i think all of us can have some kind of compassion whether we can't you know phantom what they went through yeah wow that's that's insane thank you for sharing that <laughs> wow. wow just wow I mean, uh, yeah that's all wow it's powerful <laughs> a lot to take in I know. yeah it is I mean, <laughs> it just made me think of that story I'm like I, I heard her talk last year about a year and a half ago and i just thought it was a, such a beautiful story yeah, no. i think every single person in the room cried and it was a great fundraiser because because of her and it was like thank you thank you for sharing her story absolutely so you know month of may mental health 
awareness like during this pandemic (laughs) and i know you're a big advocate for mental health like what are what is something that you're doing to like stay afloat (sighs) mentally during this pandemic you heard my sigh um (laughs) i'm breathing a lot um you know, I, I heard there was a poem, something like women sigh more than men. And it's just because we're trying to keep it together. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I I do my best as far as like writing. Like I said, journal is a good therapeutic exercise for me. Um, I meditate every day, even if it's just 10 minutes in the morning. Um, I walk my dogs daily. Even We try to do at least twice a day, um, but sometimes it's a little hard when everybody's outside. And so least twice a day for us it's kind of like getting out giving some exercise um when i can i dance or do some kind of form of movement but um every day is a little different there's some days where i feel so good i feel like i can clean the gutters or you know what i mean i can do something (laughs) that's really productive and then there's some days where i feel extremely stuck um the fact where i'm like especially the first few weeks watching the news daily um i don't watch news all day anymore because even just having in the background it was really messing with me and so now at six o'clock it's when i'll watch my news just so i know what's going on especially in la that we're reopening there's all these things that um that we need to make sure we're, we're up to date and um i'm also doing a lot more virtual stuff online so i have a you know therapy i have my coach um i have my weekly check-ins with my toastmasters group now which is always like it's always an inspiration when you meet other people that like what you do or are like-minded to say, but also just kind of makes you stay out of your own head. And so um, it could feel very lonely. Um, I actually, I don't live by myself, luckily, but um, it could still feel really lonely because all of a sudden I can no longer be in front of large, large groups or teach a workshop. And, you know, that interaction I very much miss, but um, the best that I can do is just kind of remind myself every day is different. Some days are better than other. and um, and not be so hard on myself when I do have those rough days. Cause I mean, there's some days that I had like a emotional breakdown and I'll tell you right before my birthday, I always have some kind of emotional breakdown. Like a lot of people are just like, Oh my God, you know, getting all this blah, blah, blah. Um, but also it was this kind of like, the, I just told you the highs and lows that week. I mean, the fact that I got these features and then these things that have come into play and, um, and another, actually, I think a week prior, I, Jean Chassie, who's one of my, like, you know, you read a book, Robert, you probably could think of one book that you read and you're like, how cool it would be to meet them one day, right? Yeah. And for me in college, I read her books, Jean Chastney. She's a financial guru. She's on like Today's Show and we see, and all the time. Anyways, I got to work on a project with her last year, which was like a dream come true. And the videos had just literally released a couple weeks ago. Oh, cool. So all these high points of things that had literally taken years to get to were coming to play so quickly, so together that that was emotionally turning for me like it was great but also kind of a downer sometimes because it was just like oh my god what's happening you know is this happening too fast or what's my next step or all of a sudden people are like if someone did the cutest comment i loved it but at the same time i'm like oh that's pressure and she goes she's like man we're in a we're in a um pandemic on lockdown and you're still breaking breaking glass ceilings and i started laughing when i saw that but i thought i didn't think of it that way but at the same time i thought that's also kind of scary because we, I'm particularly that type of person. I'm very competitive with myself. Um, I'm very judgmental and critic. you know, I'm my worst, worst critic for sure. Um, but sometimes I feel like if I'm not moving, I'm, I'm not projecting something is not right. And that's not the case. It's the opposite. Sometimes I need to sit. I need to be still. Sometimes I just need that moment. And like my husband, luckily, he's the one that always reminds me, just relax, just sit down or don't feel like you have to constantly move. 
Um, because one, then we get exhausted, we get over overcharged, overstimulated. And sometimes I don't feel as creative for that reason too. If I don't get a chance to just meditate and sit, you know, and that's the importance of being quiet for a little bit too. Mm, I like that. I like that. So now that you take a minute back, step back and really focus on your mental health, like where do you, and you were talking about like your podcast, like where do you see your podcast going? Wow. So it's been such a journey for me. You know, I don't have nearly as many episodes as you do. <laughs> How many episodes do you have by now? <laughs> uh, published? I think it's yeah. like 95 or something. Wow. Published and unpublished? More. Uh, yeah. I'm sure. I, yeah. I got like 50 in the bank. So, wow. So I have only 30 published, and I know I have at least 40, 40 unpublished. Uh-huh. Um, and First season was just strictly self-millionaires. The second one was a combination of the two. And I wanted to incorporate more of the um, resources because people are asking me, they're like, I can't see myself as a millionaire, let alone, you know, making more than that. Can you at least, you know, they would say, can you make it like for six figures, people that are just starting out? I'm like, oh yeah, let's change the concept a little bit. Um, but I still wanted to keep it all under 20 minute content. And then I pivoted to doing bilingual second season as well because i wanted to incorporate that aspect no one else was doing it now i see people um doing it like all the time and i'm like yes you know it's it's it's, it's amazing even a lady came up to me at podfest and she goes i want to translate this interview that i did with the i forgot where she was from the lady but a completely different um language she didn't know and she goes how would i do that i go well does she have a friend that can ask the questions you did and then have her interview in that she goes yeah and i go there you go you have a, a bilingual episode um, it's not you in that particular, but, but you know, it worked. And so, um, my next, I think what I'm seeing for future, and this is me putting it out there, speaking to you about it is getting all those vault episodes out. Cause even if they weren't great, or I, maybe I didn't feel like they were prepped enough or my fault in my end, um, or even the quality wasn't as great. I just want to get them out there. Cause some of them were on the road. Some of them were literally, I was driving, um, with that person or, you know, and I wanted to make sure. I mean, it's incredible. I meet these amazing people that are doing incredible stuff, so successful. And that's a privilege I have that I could share with others. So I want to get those out. That's my first goal. And then my second, I want to keep continuing to keep it under 20 minutes, but incorporating some of the fun aspects of being able to have a co-host as well, having um, different episodes that are maybe solo episodes. Um, Hopefully when I'm back on you know, traveling again, because that's always a fun thing too. I did a few episodes at the last conferences I was speaking at mm-hmm. and to be able to interview people that I've admired for years is like another, another level. So I want to be able to incorporate some of that. And then hopefully, you know, um, do more of this video aspect of it too, because the last season was the first time too, I started doing video recordings, which I wish I would have done from the, from the right beginning. I always tell people that are starting a podcast, if you can record yourself and the guests if possible, because the process is so cool. And the very first episode I ever did was in the studio of, um, if you've seen the movie, um, uh, NWA, you've seen the movie, yeah, and yeah. right? Straight out of Compton. It's about NWA. It's called straight out of Compton. And this, there's a, a scene in the movie where Easy E is recording his first album inside the studio. Well, it's that studio that recorded No way. It. Yeah. His, um, the Alonzo Williams, who is the original godfather of hip hop, um, West Coast hip hop, he was actually on the, on the, the band, well, not the band, I guess the group called, um, Oh my gosh, World Class Wrecking Crew, which was Dr. Dre, him, and then two other guys. And then they branched off and then Dr. Dre joined 
straight uh, NWA, and that's how they created NWA. So he's like, they used to record from his studio. So it's this really cool setup. And I videotaped it, luckily. That one I did record. Um, and it's just him and I, and it's cool to see the poster in the background and it's the studio. And I'm like, I loved easy E. So like the fact that was like the coolest thing. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I didn't know how this was going to sound. He didn't know either. He, this is his first time doing a podcast episode, but he was already like featured on HBO documentaries. Like yeah. he, he's a very well speaker. He's, you know, amazing guy. Um, and so that was just kind of like a starting point for me. And I didn't record every single one, which I wish I did. Cause there was moments where, some of my guests were crying or got teary-eyed and it doesn't always transfer the same through audio. Mm. Um, and so that's partly where I'm like, I have to, when I can do video, not always, not always the opportunity, but when I can, I, I do my best. Yeah, no, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, so it's yeah. a lot of good stuff coming up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I love with my podcast that like somebody that I've been watching on YouTube for years or just somebody that I look up to and admire, like I had, it released an episode with uh, Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. And like, I love yeah. his books. And I'm like, like I never how did thought... you get him? That is so cool. When I saw it, I was like, how did he get him? That's awesome. I just reached out to his assistant and <laughs> oh, they're like, it. okay. Um, like, I'm like, oh, wow. It was that easy just asking. Like, I thought, I, I love it. I thought, like, if anything, like five years from now, like, I would get there and like within the first, you know, like, I love your TED Talks. And now, <laughs> we have a closer relationship it's then that's how you, you reached your... out to me right i think yeah. you did right yeah, oh my yeah. gosh yeah it's crazy that yeah. was like a little over a year ago yeah. yeah yeah it's just just reaching out to people like and like like I'm just just, a... just ask right yeah, exactly that's that's the key just ask and i have to tell you i remember when you reached out to me i was super busy for some reason that particular week and then you asked me a question about something that you were about toastmasters um and and then I was in a good mood for some reason that day, which is great, right? And I'm like, sure, I'll help you with that. And in my head, I'm like, I usually say no. So you know what? You ask, the worst they can say is no. And chances are maybe you'll get them on a good day. And <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think that's the cool thing that I'm like, all it is is just reaching out, right? Just, yeah. just asking. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, with this, uh, you're like cooped up in your house. <laughs> But did I see you like in the mountains or something on Instagram? Uh, so, yes. So I'm going to be in the mountains for a month. I'm so excited. Um, it's it's in L.A. Well, not L.A. It's an hour and a half away from L.A. So not far. Um, small little cabin. It's just so cute where I'm like, I can move out here. Awesome. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be a nice, uh, nice getaway. That's awesome. With my yeah. dog, my dogs are going to love that place because there's a creek right next to it and you know, there's, it's wildlife everywhere. So very cool. Mount Baldy is the, is the mountain. Very cool. Cool. Right on. Well, you enjoy your month out in the woods. Thank you. Very much probably needed. Um, just relax, unwind. and. I need to, I need to like zone in. I feel mother nature always helps me just kind of balance myself out and just kind of put things in perspective. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> That's awesome. Right on. Well, Natalie, it's always an honor speaking with you. Thank you again for taking the time to be on my show. I very much appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a, it's always a blast and time always goes um, so quickly. So I'm sure we'll have to do a follow-up again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Bye. Okay. So guys, that was amazing. You know, me and Natalie, it was so nice to reconnect with her. Well, just 
face to face as close as we can over Zoom. So that was amazing. Thank you again. And you know, there's a lot of challenging times going on in the world right now. So share this with somebody who definitely needs to hear it. And tell.